Hey there, friends and foes. Welcome to the Back of the Cereal Box podcast. And this is Saturday Matinee Movie Reviews. And I am your host, the prophet of pop culture, John B. Pica, but you can call me Johnny. And every week, I'm going to dig into my stack of DVDs and Blu-rays, watch a movie again, and give you a fresh review. And we're going to do that right now. Hey there, friends and foes. Welcome back to Back of the Cereal Box Presents. Normally, this would be new comics. Yum! But tonight, we have a very special episode because we are going to be reviewing and recapping the Disney Plus series, Loki. And I realized that I forgot to plug in my Ethernet cord. So that's going to make things much better. And... Um, we're going to welcome in very special guest, no stranger to you guys watching the podcast, the infamous crazy liberal from now Grand Rapids, Michigan, the one, the only Lucas Leverett. Hey, man. Hey, Lucas. How's it going? Going well. How are you doing? Uh, you know, I've, uh, I've had a, a complicated week, but uh, everything's going okay, and we're getting settled in up here, so that's good news. That is, that is fantastic. You recently moved from Nash Vegas to Grand Rapids, and the move seems to look good on you. Yeah, so far it's not bad. I realize my fan's in the shot. I'm just going to use it for an armrest, you know. <laughs> that's, that's all right. My, my wife's tchotchkes. Are in the shot. There you go. Listen, you go. this is this is my movie and game room, and she's got to you know girly it all up and just <laughs> ruin my whole aesthetic. So wait, hold on. Let's let's do this. This will at least help. We'll put the eight ball there. We'll put Harley Quinn right here, and uh, you will appreciate this. We need to get these framed, but. Uh, my son's Zelda um, Skyward Sword posters. Oh, nice! Very this cool. is this is actually the relief poster, which is very cool. Oh, wow! Okay, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, I'm a print nerd, so that's yeah. going to be something that I can dig. You can see a little bit of that relief in the light, Fantastic. but um, that that's kind of cool. So. Um, that's up here. So so that helps a little bit. Um, so, Lucas, we got to consult the Magic 8-Ball before we do anything to see <laughs> Magic 8-Ball. Will anybody else be joining Lucas and I to talk about Loki? <laughs> Magic 8-Ball says it is certain. Oh, okay. And we I already... Can't, I can't wait to find out who yeah, comes out I, of the wings. I, I can't I either. Get to, I, I get to see them beforehand. I'm going to still act surprised. <laughs> well, and we already have some comments. So this is how this works. You guys can comment. We will react. Eli Cash said, someone say debriefing. Not Get your mind out of the gutter. <laughs> and Rob Beer says, hey, John. Hey, Rob. So for all of those watching, Rob Beers is the letterer 
for the League of Impossibilists comic book. And we got some new artwork this week. We're getting this much closer, Lucas, to publishing. Did you see the cover artwork? I think so. Um, do I still have it? This is the cover art. Yeah, yeah. Boom. That was colored by Martin Marcos, a uh, Marvel colorist. But then one of our friends did this. Nice. Isn't that awesome? Yes. That's pretty rad, man. Yeah, I love I love it. Love it. That's going to be the back cover. So joining us to the stream is the newest co-host of Back of the Cereal Box. You've not met her yet. This is Melissa Stetcher of Hopeful Simplicity. Hello, Melissa. Hey, Johnny. Hi, Melissa. Hello. (laughs) Now, Melissa was all mad at me last week because I messed up the day and time of our clubhouse Loki recap. And she's like, I'm (laughs) trying to get through it so I can participate. And so (laughs) it didn't happen in time. But lo and behold, we have tonight. Sweet. And Lucas, you are going to love Melissa because she is an aesthetics queen, but she's also a smart ass. Oh, well, in that case, I got to fix this. I know, right? <laughs> there we go. Okay. <laughs> You're like, that's Johnny a lot of me, pressure. You know, 30 seconds. I was like, oh, I got to turn on lights then. <laughs> and then I knocked over the infinity gauntlet into the wall. I was like, he's going to go snap that, and I'm just going to be dust for the rest of the hour. <laughs> and and you, have, you have two of them? Well, I have both versions. The... Uh, <laughs> The Thanos version and the Tony version, and they oh, were okay. Okay, but they're of course two different hands, and so when I saw that they came out with the second one, I was like, "Well, there's the symmetry I've been looking for." And uh, the, the the move, it's a bigger house, and it's a hundred year old house, and it's it's quite nice in a lot of ways. And so nerding up every corner just is a little bit less than stellar. And also, Jesse kind of told me, you, you got to consolidate to some of your own space. So I have more stuff than I've had in several years, but it's all on the nerd wall or the geek wall. I think I'm calling it the nerd loft with the geek wall. That's that's the uh, the plan. <laughs> no. I don't think yeah. I could stick to one room. No, I couldn't stick to one room. Well, it's not all one room, but I've got to tone it down. It's got to be subtle highlights. Well, <laughs> Lucas, you will, you will appreciate yes. this. Melissa has a Funko Pop collection that is over 200 pieces. Wow. That it's is kind of sprinkled the, throughout the house. That's something I never could get all the way on. I have to keep it limited. Uh, onesie twosies, but uh, <laughs> I can't go all the way. <laughs> no, but I don't do all that stuff. Like you have the tchotchkes and the, I don't do statues and tchotchkes and things like that. So. That that's a trade-off, but the uh, yeah, I've I've only been I do like you know I couldn't resist. Oh man, it's adorable. You gotta do a little a little something, but usually I try to keep to the things that are uh, uh, easy to grab. Just a couple of things, like I I have uh, uh, Draper and Sterling, but I didn't get the rest of Mad Men. You know, I, I just try to grab a, a, a few things here and there. <laughs> Rob Beer. I couldn't stick to one room either. 
Um, now, Melissa, we talked about this uh, last week, I think, and you hadn't seen these yet. The Funko sodas. They, yeah, you did mention those. I had not seen them. They come in a soda can. That's wild. And this is what they look like. Oh. This is my Harley Quinn soda that a fan sent. Because so you got to go buy another one and put some fuzzy beard on it, and then it'll be you. <laughs> well, I got to shave the head. <laughs> that too. That too. But I think you can probably pop the hair off of there. Pardon the pun. And and reverse the chest area. <laughs> pop. This oh part needs to go down here. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> but you're working on that. That won't be a thing in a few months. Well. You're gonna be buff. Actually, I'm I'm pretty close. I had my uh, I had my uh, coaching session this <laughs> afternoon, and all my markers are where they need to be. They're in line. Really? I've taken. 10 years off my biological age. Nice. Good job. Good job. Yeah. So I keep hoping to use that, that as an inspiration among a few other things. So, well, the next time you see me in person, I mean, I'm 20 pounds away from right. where I want to be. So the next time you see me in person, you might be like the people at the restaurant tonight where I stopped to get food. They didn't recognize me. <laughs> I'm standing right there watching, looking at them. And finally, I had to go up to him and say, hey, Becky and Randy. And they were like, oh, hey, we know you. Yeah, you do. So um, for those of you who are tuning in, um, wondering where New Comics Yum is. Yum. I'm going to just talk about one new comic I got today at the comic book shop, and then we're going to dive into our main topic. I had to pick up. Moon Knight, issue number one. Nice. Um, brand new series by um, a great creative team. And I love the artwork on this. It's written by Jed McKay. Art is by Alessandro Capuccio. Capuccio. Cap Alessandro. Um, <laughs> and, and he's got just a gorgeous energetic <laughs> style to it and oh, uh, I love Moon Knight I'm I'm a little bit obsessed with Moon Knight and I love <coughs> that they have him in the black and white uh, armor costume so boom. that's rad man yeah can't wait to read that later on tonight but we are here to talk about Loki on Disney plus and um Anyone who is watching, we've got four viewers. Uh, invite everyone you know to come join us and post your comments. Let us know that you're watching, and we will address your comments just like this one from Rob Beers. I finished building a custom Starfighter for my Crystal Tech character. I used pieces of two different Lego sets to construct it. That's cool. And... Okay. Crystal Tech is. I need to. I need to Google that when I get a second to sneak off to the side. I I don't know what that is either. And you it know, sounds cool because two Lego sets. Anything that starts <laughs> with two Lego sets and ends with pride and joy that is going to be cool. <laughs> and he has RWBY from DC Comics. Okay, so can someone tell me what that stands for? Does anyone know RWBY? 
I bet you Rob knows. <laughs> Rob, what does it stand for? Yeah, he'll hit us with that. I've been out of active comic reading too long. <laughs> <clears throat> well, you need to correct that. And Melissa, you what? you gave you gave me your cough. Oh, Ruby. <laughs> I have I have seen that. So Melissa, where are you? I'm in my office. No, I mean citywise. <laughs> Sorry, I'm in Indiana. I'm just okay. south of Indianapolis. Where are you? I, I'm, I'm in Grand Rapids now. Lucas. So uh, I've I've defected to help outnumber Johnny in the Midwest invasion of Back to the City. Oh my gosh, Lucas, you're in Grand Rapids. She's yeah. in Indianapolis, and. Yeah. Uh, Crayley, who is one half of Phoenix Sisters Cosplay, uh, who has joined the team, is Crayley's also in, in yes. Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. uh, well, so and, and got, that's a corridor. Yeah, and and actually, Johnny, the uh, the long discussed guest spot that I have talked about doing for Drunk Comics. Yep. Uh, I'm 30 minutes from the ferry that goes to Milwaukee, so I've actually had a discussion about doing that one in person instead of remotely, going going out to visit. So you've got, you've got a Milwaukee person. You've got, uh, don't you have an Ohio person? You've got a spread. You have a yeah. geographic spread. If you get us all in one place, you have like the Eastern U.S. consortium of hosts. And we, we <laughs> well, and we're bringing on um, Willow Schuyler as a co-host. She's from Manitoba, and um, I'm oh, talking I with another Ohio for some reason. I had that completely wrong. No, no. Oh. She's in Manitoba, Canada, and um, hopefully um, a potential co-host with her on the new Cryptid Crunch series lives in Toronto. Nice. Cool. So, yeah, international, baby. There you go. <laughs> Ruby, Weiss, Blake, Yang, a team of monster hunters. Really? I had heard about this, and when he, when he gave us the pronunciation of, you know, Ruby, that that made me think, okay, I've heard it. It sounds really interesting. Well, now that I know that they're monster <laughs> hunters, I'm, I'm like all interested. And Eli, yes, it is world domination at its <laughs> finest. Would you expect, would you expect anything less from me and Lucas Leverett? <laughs> Crystal tech is the name of my sci-fi RPG. I am creating. All right, cool, cool. Well, guys, let's talk about the topic of the night. We are talking about Loki on Disney Plus and a little bit of Black Widow. Um, but um, let's let's dive into Loki. So we did not do a mid-season um, touch base or recap because this was only six episodes. So by the time we were talking about, hey, should we get together and talk about Loki? We were at the end. And um, I got to tell you, I kind of, I like that. I, I like the shorter series. And um, all of the Marvel Plus series have been shorter, but this one is the shortest. Like, right now, I'm in the middle of Superman and Lois on CW. It's at least 13 episodes. And I'm at the point now, I'm like, okay, how many more episodes do I have? <laughs> And I like that that sense, that feeling of, oh, my God, there's only six episodes. How are they going to wrap this story up in one more episode? Do you guys like the shorter format? 
Yeah. I mean, I actually, for some reason, somehow, I think it was some, some people, I went to a coffee shop a couple weeks ago and discovered that the, the staff there are Marvel fans and, um, we got to talking and they had me believing it was a five episode and that didn't bother me. And then I found out I was wrong because we had the move in the middle. So we just had to hang up all TV. And then I wasn't willing to watch anything until I put the home theater back together. So there were several weeks of missing everything and finally got back to it. And uh, I was, I was fine with six. I, uh, I like the, the beats that that gives because it's almost like the story is in thirds you have an intro and a ramp up, then you have peak complexity, and then you have the penultimate and the re- and the resolution. It, it's a nice dink 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 story structure. Yeah, it, it makes it easier to do that beginning, middle, and ending. Yeah, Melissa, as as a an organizational queen, did did the six symmetrical episodes work for you? No, like I like odd numbers, so no. Um, I like the idea, like you were just saying, Lucas, of it, it makes it easier to, here's your, here's your quick start, middle and end. But for me, I am such a character obsessor. Like, I want to know all the things we can flash back to every Loki's everything. And I would be down for it. I'm like, I didn't get enough, like depth of Loki as an individual character. Now, that being said. I mean, I watch it all day long for Sylvie because yum. So I had, I was happy there, but I didn't get enough of just like the individual fall into Lokiness. But that's just, that's just my programming. I think that was intentional with the series though. Yeah. I I think, yeah. And and I heard a lot of people complaining um, and, and getting very toxic about this point, Lucas, that the Loki we ended up with in this series was not the Loki that some fans wanted. They wanted the evil Marvel villain, not the sympathetic semi, you know, demi hero. It could be worse. <laughs> it, I mean, it could be that that there's a militant angriness that we didn't end up with only a girl Loki. There could be angriness that we didn't end up with a, uh, like a worse than evil, like a commentary on worst case scenario world leaders, you know, who knows? I mean, there there are ways that it could have been really screwy. I don't really think I had a preference of him coming out on, you know, the positive or negative side of, of the motivation. I kind of like redeemed Loki, but I also don't know that I can trust redeemed Loki because he made it clear at the beginning, I have to do these things. And what if he finds himself in a reality versus <laughs> Kang where he has to be the bad guy? He's the hero in his own story, but that doesn't mean he has to come out as the hero. Well, and, and, you, we have to remember that this series takes place between Avengers 1 and Thor The Dark World. And, and the Loki that was in Thor The Dark World was the conquering, I must rule and be king of Asgard, Loki. So where we leave on this series, he is not that character. 
So whatever happens next in a rumored season two, either it's a completely new timeline now, and he's not the Loki we know that we you know continue to follow through Endgame. He's a new. He is truly now a branch variant and a completely different character. But we're kind of left guessing at the end of this, right? Either that or he's the original one and the one that continued in what we know to be canon was a, a spinoff and a, a variant. Um, we also don't know a lot of other little bits and pieces about where it sits because after he blipped, that was the only moment in time that the series took place for sure between those movies. After poof, which is what the first three minutes, this is a Loki that exists in the TVA, which exists at all points in time at the same time. So it doesn't really sit between two movies more than three minutes. And then we're off and running. I know. Do you think so? Words are hard. I feel like, I feel like if I ever have to tap out, I'll just tap Robin because him and I have very similar programming. I don't know him yet, though. Um, I'm wondering if the softer side of Loki that we saw during these six episodes, I wonder if you take the other Lokis out of the aspect, if we would still see that softer side. Because he was still shade for a bit of it especially building up to that like that Sylvie Loki on the shore moment. He was still kind of like, mm, there's the Loki we know and love, little shady thing, but I can't look away. Do you think if we take the other characters out of the element, we would still see his shady side? Or do you think he is now changed and we just hadn't seen that court yet? Good questions. I think uh, the the other Lokis you know, they are a uh, ego play in a lot of ways. It's, it, you know, a lot of them are him finding out that there are so many with the same motivation but different iterations. And, and so I think there's, there's some room to play with, with how they affect him. It could be that they have an, an ultimately negative effect for whatever reason. Well... I'm going to say this. Um, This Loki got close to the Loki we saw in Thor Ragnarok and then became basically another hero side by side with Thor in Infinity War where he apparently dies. And now we know that he probably didn't die. He probably, uh, the older Loki, by the way, spoiler alert, there are going to be a lot of spoilers here. That should just be the banner. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so the older Loki basically gave away how he survived. He cast, <laughs> he cast an illusion so good that Thanos couldn't even tell the difference. And instead of killing Loki, he killed the illusion, and Loki disguised himself as a piece of space debris and just floated away safely. And, um, I, in my head canon, that's exactly what happened in yeah. Infinity War, and and the real the Loki we all know and love is is still out there. But to to the point you were asking, does does he soften without the other Lokis? And my answer is no, because the the 
the uh, impetus for that change was Sylvie. Because he was he was scheming and manipulating until he sees and meets Sylvie and Girls. falls in Girls. love with Sylvie. And and I love I love that that line that uh, you know Mobius had. What a narcissistic move! A Loki falling in love with himself. Yes. But but here's the truth. That was not a narcissistic move. I, I heard a lot of people complaining that there was no character growth with Loki in this series. I mean, I sat in on a clubhouse group where they were railing and screaming about it, how there was no character development. And I'm like, you guys were not watching the same show that I was because here's a guy who pretends to be a narcissist out of insecurity because he has no sense of self-worth. He's really very insecure. He does not love himself. And until he meets Sylvie, he doesn't realize that there is something worthy for in himself to be loved. Melissa, you're disagreeing, I think. So in my opinion, his whole character arc is learning to love himself and finding worth in himself. I think, oh, Johnny, Johnny, Johnny. <laughs> I, I think that it is, I think we saw the very human side of Loki that before he was, he's the God of mischief, period. Here's my role. This is what I do. This is, this is just what I do. Oh, there's calm. Let me bring some chaos. So I think seeing the episodes, let him see that just because that's your label, maybe there's more colors to that label. I don't think he had the opportunity to display that before. I think I think he was just like, Brandon, this is your role. Get in the kitchen and be chaotic, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that it wasn't there. I'm just saying that that was not an opportunity to portray in the other things we viewed. I really feel like most people I've talked to said that they they feel like the that they got more depth with the Loki character. Um, I don't know. I'm not ready to bet on anything about where it ends up kicking off. I mean, at this point, we have every possibility on the table, including, and, and this may segue or may not, but we had the possibility on the table that we now have a available universe that Black Widow never died. We have possibilities of anything we see in What If being expanded on. In fact, I thoroughly believe, If I mean, since we... My field is marketing. If I were doing that job at a high enough level in Marvel Studios, I would be pulling all of the data on the episodes of What If after they happen, and the top two would become movies or series. So Kevin Feige has already said that that show is canon. So it is taking place in the multiverse. And Willow Schuyler says, evening, everyone. Hello, Willow. Hi, Willow. Hey, Willow. And Sandra Noel comments... I think, yeah, that teary eye, while he read the report, he has the heart, but can hide it and just project other stuff to distract past it. 
So Loki's just really good at numbing out. <laughs> yeah, well, he, listen, he confessed himself that the illusion is there to protect himself. The illusion is that he is all-powerful, all-confident, and that it's really an illusion to cover up this uh, this brokenness that he has inside. He tells Mobius that himself. Yeah. Is that resonating with you there, Johnny? Oh. Andrew Milden oh, oh. said, I made it. Yeah. Yay, Drew! And, and yes, this character did uh, connect with me. Mm -hmm. um, Sandra Noel says to distract others. And yeah, I think she agrees with me. So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. Put that evil glare away. Um, that mis You're the goddess of mischief is what it is. Yes, I am. So. So how many of you guys, Lucas, Melissa, anyone watching, is familiar with the source material in the comic series? Not a lot. Uh, anything that I'm missing, I usually end up getting from one or two different uh, YouTube recaps. So the reason that you hear me say or understand things most of the time is because I've immediately watched Ryan Airy or Nerdist or somebody to do the rundown and catch the references I missed. But um, so far, I like what I've been told about the relationship between this and the source material. Mm -hmm. So they, the storylines borrowed heavily from two main sources. <laughs> um, the Once and Future Kang, which was a story that Roger Stern wrote in the pages of Avengers in the late 80s, and um, from Loki, Agent of Asgard. And all throughout the whole series there was borrowing images and tropes from those two stories. And from the very first episode, well, even from before the first episode, I said the big bad guy said it was Kang is Kang the Conqueror. And, and a lot of people were like, no, it's Mephisto. No, it's another Loki. It's King Loki. Can we quit with the Mephisto? I mean, we're going to be hearing about Mephisto for the next 10 years, phase four, five, and six. There's always going to be somebody saying Mephisto. <laughs> well, now we now we know Johnny was right. This is why I am the prophet of pop culture. And I knew I was right the minute they named, they dropped the name of Judge Renslayer. Her first oh. name is Ravona. And yeah. in yeah, the comic series. Yeah. Well, but in the comic series, Ravona was the wife of Kang the Conqueror. Right. Right. And I'm I'm so shocked that my other hardcore Marvel Comics fans did not pick up on that. It, I, it dr drove me crazy. I think I think a lot of people did. Um, but you talk to probably more that are not broadcasting than I do. At the moment. Yes. Well, and I'm a member of the Avengers Forever group and right. it shocks me. These people who are longtime Avengers fans don't know the source material. Drives me crazy. Um, Andrew Milden says it was totally an allegory for knowing oneself. I agree. And he's not familiar with the source material. Material. 
And Rob Beer says, yes, mostly the 70s and 80s, Loki. Right. And Andrew admits, I called it. Andrew and I had a conversation on Clubhouse, and he was like, I don't know. I think it could be another Loki behind the castle. And then he even said, well, what about Mephisto? And I was like, well, here's the deal. We've we, time travel. The TVA was, you know, part of the once in future Kang storyline uh, with the Council of Cross Time Kangs, and one Kang went through the timelines, pruning the Kang variants so that he could control a single timeline. Um, so right away, the minute they said we have to prune the sacred timeline, I was like, it's yeah. Kang. Well, and, and I think uh, most people I heard calling it said that that was where they were putting their bets, but they would leave the possibility open for the uh, mastermind Loki somewhere. Um, but that would have been just too, I think, too self-referential, probably. Um, I love that this show seems to have created the multiverse that will be dealt with forthcoming. Um, I love that the show can launch in, you know, and I would love to hear you guys opine about it, but I just thought Kang was launched in, what, 10 straight minutes of proof why Majors has the jobs. <laughs> you know, it was just a, it was a beautiful one-act play for a good little while from a real talented thespian. His, his soliloquy was absolutely brilliant and completely unexpected um, because... He's playing the future version of Kang that becomes known as Immortus. Mm -hmm. And in the comics, Immortus is pretty stoic. He's pretty serious um, and a little bit menacing. And John Majors played this character as very lighthearted, very goofy, until he wasn't. And there was these, these moments where he was absolutely frightening, in my opinion. Melissa, did you agree? No. And I I'm not going to I'm not going to say no fully. So I think the character was beautifully displayed. But I don't I don't think he was frightening at all. I think that really brought into the depth of All right. Got a mischief. Let's do this. I will show you what it is. I will show you the power you don't even realize you don't have. So I thought that that ugly, that not really even ugly, but like that strength, that chaos was portrayed in a powerful way. But if he took one more bite of that apple and started talking with his mouthful, I was going to lose it. <laughs> I love that. That I, irked me. I was like, I need to talk to his mother. No, 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 no. no. With that mouthful. So, so, so <laughs> that apple was a direct reference to a couple of things. One, it was a direct callback to the Doctor Strange movie mm -hmm. where he was learning to control time travel with the time stone. Yeah. Yep. But it's also a callback to the book of Genesis in the Bible. The original sin was the eating of the apple. And that was an indication of his true intention he is not he he is not benevolent he is he's evil and he's he represents the evil from the beginning to the end of time 
I think it was a really nice uh, prop to represent exactly the uh, Pandora's box style revealing that he was doing. He was showing to them the knowledge that would be analogous to the uh, Genesis reference. But I also thought he was just doing some cocky Captain Kirk shit. Like, I just, I saw Captain Kirk kicked back eating the apple during the Kobayashi Maru, the same attitude. So I think part of it was just a self-aware badassery thing that he was doing um, that came off crazy at first. And then in your face, you can't stop me from doing it by the time that he was done talking. And Andrew says, we all want Mephisto. Give it to us, MCU. Not not all of us, Andrew. <laughs> but but for me, Melissa, this episode. Why, Melissa? Why am I in trouble all the time? Jeez, <laughs> you're not in trouble. I'm just. I'm going to tell you why I think he was absolutely horrifying. Because we saw a character who controls all of time. He knows what has happened, what is happening, what will happen. And not only does he know and see all, he controls all, and he is 10 steps ahead of everything. And for me, that is far more terrifying than Thanos ever was. This guy is the the big, big, big bad. And the only thing that could be worse than Kang the Conqueror is... Galactus, and I don't even think Mephisto is as frightening as this character. No, you don't agree? No, I don't. I don't find him frightening. It could be that. Okay, so in my, as I'm watching it, he that apple part. I got the. I got the. I got the Bible reference, and I'm like, all right, Lucifer, I see you. <laughs> and so, and I'm obsessed with like Tom Ellis's like the Lucifer series. So I'm like, mm, I know that apple and snake story. So maybe it's to me because the apple and snake was different in my head. Mm. I don't know. I, I like, I like, I don't care if you're dark or bright. I like a good character. I do. I, I love the depth of a character, even if he's evil and he's like, <laughs> challenge me. I love it. Yeah. So what do you guys think ultimately happened to Sylvie when the timeline was reset? Because that's the last scene we see is everything has been reset. And now there's a new Kang, a conquering Kang, because that was the outfit he was in. The conqueror's armor is now controlling the TVA. So where's Sylvie at this point? Is she still hanging out at the end of time? Or was she erased? Uh, I'm going to be a cynical marketer again and say that that hasn't been determined because they're going to wait and see how many dude bros decide to launch a boycott on Twitter. Uh, And then if they don't see that much hate, she'll definitely be back. Or vice versa. If I could just say, yeah, you hate it? Cool. Oh, here's Mark. But 
I think honestly, her character fate may depend on the market fate. And I think it is a primal point right now to keep her. I mean, ladies are rising. Watch out. Yeah, I think that the obvious smart choice to please. Well, now we're done. Is do it. You know. Um, I would be interested to see if they do something even more wild, like she hasn't ever truly been aware of anything, but she's still there. She She's in his shoes. You know? Thinks she's the only. But I, I am interested to see where it goes. I love the idea that everything we're about to see has gone from throwaway idea, oh, that was a cute series, to, oh, these are representations of the multiverse. And you know, you saw the title of Doctor Strange, like Multiverse of Madness. Where are they going with this? And, you know, it's not just going to come out of the blue. It'll be something that really birthed. And I don't think I had really thought it through. And I'm sitting there about episode three going, oh, they're going to create the problem. And, you know, <laughs> because I wasn't thinking about any of this, I was moving. And, and my son's sitting there. He's like, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-mm. I don't know. What? It wasn't until three or four that I actually started to like this series. At first, I'm like, mm, mm. it's a little too Flash Barry screwing up the timeline for me to really uh, get into yeah. it. And yeah. I'm like, mm, damn it, Barry, the whole time. And then I'm like, oh, okay, three or four in. I'm like, all right, I see you, Loki. I see you. Yeah, I was really on the fence about this series to begin with. Um, I felt a lot about it, like a lot of people. Well, the way I felt about Solo, a Star Wars story, I was like, okay, I know people love Han Solo, but do we really need this movie? Does anyone really want this movie? And it turned out being a pretty enjoyable movie. And I felt the same way about this series. I was like, really? Do, do we need a Loki series? And and I was kind of still kind of on the fence through episode three. I was like, okay, this is, I want to see what happens next. But, you know, I'm not as in love with this as I was WandaVision. I'm not as in love with this as I was Falcon and Winter Soldier. But then that cliffhanger in episode four with them on the planet and just the visual aesthetics of that whole episode blew me away. And I was like, okay, now I... Now I don't just want to see what happens next. I have to see what happens next. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, it started off good for me. I'll do what Uh, I want. (laughs) Damn it, Barry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I think it started off. I was a little confused. I was trying to take it all in, get the setup. But, um, I found myself thinking less of those kinds of things and more of I've trained for this my whole life, you know, like, Oh, we're going to talk about different ways of telling the same story in different parallels. Cool. We're going to play with time. Cool. I was transformed as a Star Trek fan. I'm ready. Put me in coach. And <laughs> you know, that's the whole thought I had. And then she came along and I immediately couldn't, couldn't stop thinking Dr. Who. And I know it's because of the visual of this blonde British girl doing timey wimey things and sidekicks. <laughs> so, you know, I, I hoped by the time it was over, like maybe this would be the gateway drug for the Whovians that haven't discovered Marvel. 
they'll watch this and go, oh, I know this stuff. And then they'll have to watch everything else. So I have a question um, uh, kind of about about the cast. We talked about how great John uh, Majors was. Or John, is it Majors or Powers? Majors. Um, but the whole cast was phenomenal. Yeah. Owen Wilson was phenomenal. Okay. Tom Hiddleston, I believe, proved why he is the best actor in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, but was anyone else um, kind of taken aback by how many actors from Lovecraft Country were in this <laughs> show? I had to look her up. I was like, I know her. Oh, and, that girl. And and like, yeah. And and, and ironically, I, I said um, before the news broke that I thought this show had was like the most beautiful show I'd ever seen side by side with Lovecraft Country. Mm. Lovecraft Country visually and the lighting and the cinematography was just one of the most breathtaking TV shows I've ever seen. And this has so many of those actors in it and similar visually stunning aesthetics. And then they canceled Lovecraft Country, a show that everybody was talking about when it was on. Oh, I didn't know that. You didn't know it had been canceled? Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. (laughs) It's just a stupidity alert. It's like you just want to roll up firefly and beat people when when these things come along like really this one season shot that shows get sometimes is just obscene well and with lovecraft country i mean everybody was talking about it yeah social media was a buzz about lovecraft country and you know i had friends saying you know finally i'm represented Someone who looks like me is represented in a fantasy and horror genre. In a big way. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and then they just decided to end it. <laughs> I'm okay with a story, with a series ending after one season, if it told a concise story that has a definitive ending. Mm. That there are no possible cliffhangers to carry us forward. Right. But that didn't end that way. Yeah, that's true. Speaking of horror thrillers, The Fly is being reenacted in the uh, in the third frame here. Yes. <laughs> so there's a mosquito in my room, and I already oh, have like welts on the side of my leg from like, and I mean like welts. I'm like this. He's gonna die today, and it's gonna happen right here. And I'll be like, <laughs> and then I'll have him on me, and I'll freak out, and I'll run away. But send you one of these. <laughs> Yes. No, and see, I'm trying really hard behind me. I've got my cabinet of spray and stuff. I'm like, no, I'm in my pajama shorts. That would be inappropriate to stand up. So, trying real hard. That's what Johnny needs to be able to insert a please stand by <laughs> in place of any person. Yeah. So, if my camera just goes dark, you'll hear me screaming, but just, you know, it's fine. It's fine. So uh, Rob Beer says, I was thinking like a Time Lord correcting variants in the timeline, you know, wibbly wobbly, timey wimey stuff. Yep. And, and Rob says, my first thoughts at the beginning was, was that. Uh, Andrew Milden 
says uh, Owen Wilson, one of the best non-superhero performances in the MCU. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. Okay, here's my problem with Owen Wilson. I adore him, and I love it when my son is like, what happened to his nose? But at no point in time do you, as a human, you're like, oh, I'm so excited. See how excited I am? And you don't get above a whisper? Come on! <laughs> Like I'm really excited. Blah blah blah. Like, then yeah. do it. Do listen, listen, Ravona. I can. Right? This is Look, the biggest Ravona. thing that ever happened. This is so amazing. Like what? No. What? No. 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 See, I I thought that was incredibly powerful. Oh. That soft-spoken nature. No, that only works when you're like, you creep up on your kids and be like. Hey, buddy, did you do your homework? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> right? That's only when that works. That's not like, hey, Ravona, I'm super excited. I've got two Lokis and we're going to screw up everything. And this is my excited voice. Beep, beep. No, no. You know where so I wish I could go? That's how I really feel. And I like him as an actor. I was like, yell at me. But he doesn't ever do that. I know. He's exactly who I thought he would be. <laughs> That's why it was great. <laughs> Rob Beer says that hurt Lucas. I'm still salty about Firefly's right. canceling. Too soon. I'm a leaf on the wind. Leave me alone. <laughs> and who is sending me messages when I'm on the air? Come on, don't you guys know I'm doing a podcast? I don't think it's me. Is it me? Shit. No. Okay. Oh, is geez. it you? Do I need to check Instagram messages now? No, I don't have my glasses on, so no, it's not me. It's the cat. I got to shut her up, so I have to hold her now. <laughs> yeah, she's like, yeah, hold me. Everybody's got something going on. She just that was not convincing. House, <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've got a dog behind me that won't stop crying, and I don't know why. Jax? Yeah. Probably. It's probably, uh, you know, he's probably here in... This troublemaker. No, he's been crying since I got home. Oh. He he's a dog little dog with separation anxiety. And uh part of the family is in New York. My son is off on the other side of town. And so he's been left alone for part of the day today. And there are missing people, and you're not listening to the APD. <laughs> I guess. I guess I got home. I even fed him some uh, a little bit of Chinese food. Oh, that sounds delicious. So we have this restaurant here in Hendersonville, Tennessee, called Teriyaki Madness. Ooh. And they they have a spicy chicken teriyaki bowl that you can get yakisoba style with noodles. How is that helpful? That is, geez, Chinese sounds good. Let me explain it to you. It's sir. so good. It's so good. Oh my god! It was, it was, it was my. Tr I got the small bowl, the small bowl that is that is four hundred calories as a treat to myself for hitting all of my weight loss goals, and um, yeah. I mean, good job. High five. Chinese food is delicious, Melissa. You should try some. Uh huh. Yeah the the that small bowl thing. What is that like? I like... I I almost brought it 
to eat on the show, but I thought, eh, mm, no, Rude. we'll save that for cereal on Saturday morning. <laughs> Rude. Mm-mm. All right. So uh, any other thoughts about Loki? Anything we didn't talk about or touch on? Okay. You keep picking up the cat. It's going to have hair on it, Lucas. Yeah. I, I, had to, I had to undo. We should change my name to like Melissa Snarky. So this is a great question from Drew Milden. Um, and it kind of plays into the whole reality bending nature of Loki. You know, what's the future? What's the past? What's real? What's not? Well, he asks, is cereal? No, soup? it is not. We had this talk. No. <laughs> Did you catch Drew live earlier? Uh-uh. Oh my God. He had this amazing Maybe. musician on there, Demo, I think his name was, like, violinist to the extraordinaire, fall down the tunnel, obsessed, amazing. But in the build-up to the guest, he brought this conversation up of, well, yeah, cereal is soup, right? So, like, we are posting definitions up there. It's like, no, I think you're missing the vegetable item. He's like, okay, so once you add the milk to the cereal, then it's soup. And I'm like, no, cereal, cereal, regardless of the liquid factor. And milk... It's just milk. I could heat it up. It's just hot milk. Maybe and it's so like just you need macho. that. Yeah. Well, right. But there's still like a vegetable <laughs> element to a soup. It was. It was. Hilarious. Well, now, now I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a fly in the ointment because Magic Spoon cereal has it's all vegetable plant based protein. <laughs> but do you need liquid for it to be a cereal? No. <laughs> I so hope this debate gets picked up by a podcast that's tenfold bigger every time it hops. Pod, oh, it's great. You know, you know, like from this to something else. And then eventually there's nerdist people having this argument about <laughs> cereal versus soup. He's and trying to convince us all that it is. It's like, it no. turns into a no, circular activity like, that just. <laughs> and and here you go. Oh, here's Here's the Ohio connection. Uh, Lucas, Rob, who is our letterer for the League of Impossibles, he wow. is from Ohio, that Lancaster, Ohio, has a place where he can get sriracha bourbon chicken with baked breast strips. That sounds amazing. Okay, then you guys should just meet in Indiana and bring me all the Chinese food. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great well, idea. <laughs> that is a great idea. I, I know. That's why I said it. Okay, so Sandra Noel expands on the is cereal soup question by asking, oh, is oatmeal a chowder? (laughs) (laughs) No. No, we had Drew convinced. He's like, okay, maybe. Wait, because it's. Maybe I was wrong. It's hot and it's chunky like a chowder. Only the cream, like the cookies and or the the strawberries and cream and the peaches and cream. That's a cream sauce, so then it can classify. <laughs> Ew. Oh boy. I mean, how is oatmeal any different than corn chowder? They're both nasty, so they're <laughs> not like done. File under T. Maybe it's a multiverse question. Maybe there's a multiverse where the words. Yeah, that's on a different name. timeline. Or how and, about uh, what if it's clam flavored oatmeal? 
So, so my argument with you earlier was, I have to say no. Cereal is not a soup because I'm a co-host on a podcast called Back of the Cereal Box. I'm like not on a soup can. No, so no, it can't. It's not. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's hysterical. That's good stuff. Um, all right. Any last thoughts about Loki before we uh, touch on? Black Widow, real quick. I am, am I don't know. When, I thought you said rumored earlier. I love that they just put second season in the closing sequence. Uh, you know, I'm very happy that they just went ahead and had the confidence. Alan, did you see that? Did both you both saw that piece? The stamp of Loki will return mm-hmm. in season two. Mm-hmm. Did you miss that one, Johnny? I did. Was that in the after credits? Oh, it's at the end. Yeah, it's on a file folder, and it's a big stamped spot. Yeah, it's like at the very end. Will return in season two. Wait a minute. When did you guys watch that last episode? Last Wednesday. Uh, Like Thursday. Yeah. I did miss that. Hmm. Hmm. (laughs) Shame. Shame. But here's what I think they are leading to. We, we know that the next major story arc goes through Doctor Strange 2. And this time travel Kang the Conqueror story is tying in with Wanda's journey. And Wanda's journey continues in Spider-Man No Way Home. And we're going to see Kang the Conqueror in Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Right. And then it's all going to come together in Doctor Strange 2, the Multiverse of Madness. But a lot of people are suggesting that this is where we're going. The Young Avengers. Because in this show, we got Kid Loki. We had Isaiah Bradley in Falcon and Winter Soldier. We've got Cassie Lang, who becomes Stature or Stinger, depending on which... Multiverse. We have Kate Bishop. Um, and I forget the actress that was uh, already announced is playing America Chavez. Hmm. And then, of course, we have Billy and Tommy Wiccan and Speed. So this is your next Avengers team. I, I think you're right about that. <clears throat> yeah, I, th- I think so, too. I think that's where we're going. I don't know how well it'll succeed comparatively because they're not huge names like Captain America, Iron Man. Et well, neither was Iron Man. Iron Man was a C-list character when yeah. when they released that movie, and and they just they cast it right, they wrote it right, they had the right director, and it was magic. Well, that's the other side. There aren't really any. Uh, great actor, explosive standout things in that lineup. They're either people that we already know they're good or they're unknowns. It may not be possible to duplicate the mojo of that first set of Avengers. Well, Uh, I I think through these TV shows and through the... They're they're planting the seeds slowly. They're not doing like a big whole, um, you know, movie individually. Um, I I think there will be interest. Um, 
I really do. And Sandra Noel says, bring it to a whole new generation of interest. And Andrew says, I like this a lot. It would be like the Titans show, but actually good. <laughs> I haven't gotten to see Titans yet, but we're going to binge it soon. I, I haven't either, Lucas, and, and I need to do that um, as well. So um, maybe you and I, maybe we need to do a Titans recap on, hmm. on this show. So let's fun. let's talk about that. But So did you both see Black Widow? <laughs> did you do it in the theater, Lucas? Kind of. Uh, I, we, we did it here at home. Um, it was the first real test of the setup and the room. I had overhead helicopter sound, so uh, that worked out. I'm happy. But uh, we did not see it in the theater. We had... Uh, I forgot why. We had decided to go ahead and buy it at home. Schedule-wise, it made more sense. Also, with a lot of the straight-up Marvel movies, it's just, it's just me and him. Uh, it's not necessarily going to be a family outing. So... We did the home thing and uh, loved it. I, you know, I'm really, I don't have a problem paying 30 bucks to see it. Uh, and I, I enjoyed the hell out of it. I think it's a good delivery system, but we did not go to the theater for that. Melissa, did you uh, go to the theater or watch yeah. it at home? Yeah, I went twice. I went with my son once and then I went with uh, a fellow nerder, like of the adult age. You know, like when you see something with your son, you're like, Shh. Yeah, but I saw it twice in the theater. So, so Rob Beer says Florence Pugh was sort of an unknown and she stole the scenes in Black Widow. I, I, I would agree to that to some degree, but I really think David Harbour for me mm -hmm. stole the scenes. I loved what he did. And Noel said theater, and then at home again. There you go. And she agrees that Pew is fantastic. So we know that where this movie falls, it falls between Captain America Civil War and Infinity War. And uh, there's that three-year, two-and-a-half, three-year period where she's on the run with Cap. And, and so, spoiler alert, we <laughs> see the final scene we see of Natasha is getting on the Quinjet to go rendezvous with Cap mm -hmm. and to free the rest of the uh, Cap Avengers. And, um, but then that post-credit scene. Mm -hmm. So for those of you who haven't seen it, shame on you, but <laughs> um, we're just going to put this up there. <laughs> uh, we got the kind of the... Funeral, unquote, mm -hmm. that we didn't get for Nat in uh, Endgame. You know, a lot of people are like, well, didn't Natasha get a funeral? Well, it happened off screen in Endgame. And uh, here we see where it probably happened, where she was buried. And, um, you know, Yelena is visiting the grave. And who appears beside her but our favorite? I'm calling her a villain at this point. I think Val is a bad gal. Mm -hmm. Thunderbolts, mm -hmm. exactly. Mm -hmm. I think it is leading to Thunderbolts. Yeah. With U.S. Agent, Baron Zemo, the, the new Black Widow, and I believe the Abomination, who is a character in Shang-Chi and mm -hmm. the Ten Rings. Which comes out on my son's birthday. You know, it's so great. Awesome. 
happy birthday to your son. I know, right? And have you guys noticed in the trailer of Shang-Chi, the, uh, the person fighting the abomination in the cage is Wong? Yes, I had glimpsed that, and that was interesting. I'm excited. I'm, ex- I'm so excited. Sorry. So excited. <laughs> so um, what, were, what were your other impressions of Black Widow? Was it worth the wait? Uh, the movie was worth the wait, but the wait wasn't worth itself. They really screwed this up by not getting it out. There was no compelling reason. Like once you saw it and once you saw the results, like you guys did real well in home. You might not have needed the theater. Mm. See, I need the theater because it's a thing. Like I saw all of them in the theater. You go, you spend too much money. You make a thing out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I tend to agree, but I've had, you know, I usually would get a screening in Nashville where the market, you know, existed. I don't know that we're going to have that many screenings up this way, but I would get a screening. So I automatically got to see them. So my flexibility is pretty open at this point because my nature is to decide elsewhere what I'm doing. And then I've already seen the theater. A lot of times I try to go to both. Uh, Like was commented earlier, going doing both. That's a neat way to support both sides of that equation. Yeah. And, and Lucas, do you think that Disney streaming, Disney Plus streaming, was responsible for the drop in box office receipts? 65% drop in the second week. And I don't see that as being outside the ratio of most major blockbuster films. Endgame dropped 85% in the second week. I don't, I don't, I had to compare all those things to really address the drop, but, um, I would assume it had to have taken people away because casual consideration might have become a sale once they saw a few of their friends talking about it. But they might not be uncasual enough to go to the theater. You know, they might just be like super like, okay, fine, I'll pay for it and have it on at the house. But that was only after hearing people that they know talk about it. I, I don't I don't know that you could ever say it didn't impact it. I just don't know if it matters anymore. I, we've got so many crap theaters. Just close them <laughs> and let the good theaters that can show stuff in a compelling way to get you out of the house be the ones that survive. That's something the industry has probably needed for 30 years. All right. All right. Got some more comments here. Andrew says, didn't Cap die in the source material? How many times, Drew? Um, yes, several times. Um, and um, the storyline that sparked the return of the Winter Soldier was the death of Captain America. Um, but he did come back thanks to the Cosmic Cube and time travel. And um, so he did come back and he's still alive in the source material. Um, Sandra Noel says, Pew has a great talky-talky backhand sarcasm jib-jab like Vince Vaughn. Yep. That's why I liked her. I was like, if if I was a BA ninja with a great accent and blonde, hello. <laughs> and Andrew Milden says Thunderbolts. Yes, that's where we're going. That that's I think the eventual um, 
outcome of the storyline that is starting with Captain America and the Winter Soldier, or Captain America and the White Wolf, as I refer to him, and the story that is going to take them, the return of the Vision, Monica Rambeau, Captain Marvel, the Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel, their story is all going to converge in Secret Wars or Secret Invasion and the Thunderbolts. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, that was me messaging you, Johnny, regarding the Captain America bit okay. and why he went back in time. But that's not, you're welcome. <laughs> oh, I, I'm I'm totally there with you. Right? And that's like, I love Florence and I love, but can we just say, Rachel as Mama, that girl, I don't care how old she is or what role she's playing in. Can't, I mean, we just need to give her a moment to be thankful that I get to be in her presence as an actress. Like, <laughs> you're, you're talking about Melina? Yes. Let, let me tell you what. Weiss, is that right? I think she, I'm just going to say this at the risk of offending all of my feminist friends. She was smoking hot Word. in that cat suit. I was right? like, damn. Right? I don't even care. Like, you're old enough to be my mother, and I would not say no because holy swoon girl, yes. <laughs> and she didn't, and she's just got that energy, that presence about her, but like, yep, I'm a badass. I will kill you. What's up? Yeah. I loved it. I just loved the presence, and she didn't back away from it. Oh. This was a good movie that had strong, but also appealing to traditional stubbornness, female main characters. You know, yeah. there was enough there to draw in the guys that just want to see the hot babes fight. And there was enough depth there to please fans and story. And I think that it, it, it's a good balanced opportunity to say, hey, here's here's one for the ladies from Marvel. Now, is it an afterthought? Yeah. Should that be different in the the future? Probably. Um, But the nice thing about it was it it put a hierarchy of badassery together because you got to see character that you always see her kicking ass. Anytime Black Widow gets the crap beat out of her in this movie, you're like, ooh, that was a badass thing because she's a badass. So you can't get her without being better. Like, you know, your frame is there. And that frame wouldn't have been built if the movie were made when it probably should have been made. So there are balances and trade-offs. But I think that the, the showing that she can get her ass kicked and then these other two are maybe even more badass. It's, it's a really cool lineup of, of strong lead females. Mm-hmm. Well, so, you know, I brought up the dip in the box office receipts. And a lot of people are pointing to that saying, see, 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 see. Movies with women leads, female leads don't sell. It it made a huge profit. <sighs> it broke all previous records outside of, you know, a pandemic year. I mean, you consider it's the first big blockbuster after 15 months of shutdown. What I, you, <sighs> there's no way you can't call it a success. I agree with that. I don't know that it is the first blockbuster because F9 was pretty massive of a anticipated piece. Okay, superhero they, blockbuster. Yeah, yeah, they beat it by a couple of weeks on the scene. I don't know who's ahead on making percentages of money back, but um, yeah, I, it's 
yeah, I think it's inevitable that whatever we have that streams high quality at the same time, it's it's going to happen. It wouldn't matter what movie it is. It's not a sign of anything for the neckbeards to yeah. uh, grow about. I, I can just see the headline, and I've not seen it because I don't follow them, but I can just imagine, you know, broadcasters like the quartering or nerdrotic having a, a clickbait headline that says Marvel instantly regrets black widow movie. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah. uh, 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 that's it. Mm. Rob beer says mm. I was expecting the reply whistle and nothing. That would have been too easy. <laughs> too easy. And then talking about Val, she is the evil oh, yeah. version of Nick Fury gathering her super team. Mm-hmm. Well, and wasn't she supposed to be as mysterious, but the sequence of releases has changed that to where we actually know who she is? Yes. Yeah. yeah. We were, were supposed to meet her. To her reveal. That's right. Like, Who's that? And all the really sharp comic people are like, I'll tell you who that is. And, you know, everybody goes home and Googles chick with the purple streak. And then they figure it out by reading Wikipedia. I think, <laughs> though, I think the way it worked out was actually better. Yeah, I think so, too. That it had more, was already played. Let's do a new one where we already know her. Yeah, well, and it was it had more impact, I yeah. think, when she shows up and we're like, oh, oh yes. she's recruiting Yelena now. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, no, I she already works going, Oh, dude. Yeah, that was me. Yeah, but my girlfriend, like, she saw, she's seen Black Widow, but she hasn't seen um, Winter Soldier Falcon yet. And I'm like, uh, girl, girl, call me when you have. Like, <laughs> yeah. So it's it's interesting to see those of us that are obsessed. Like, I got Disney Plus just because I have a unhealthy, healthy obsession with Bucky. I got that just for that series. And then I fell down the tunnel of the others. So it'll be curious to see if they're like, oh, well, they had to bring, you know, an evil female in to balance out the good females that they're trying to promote. Mm, yeah. I'm I'm so excited for... And I liked that the Black Widow gave the... Not just like a female, but they brought some topics to to the front like they were nonchalant about the things that happened in the red room about like you just gonna get up in there and I'm like they just brought that reality to the front and I'm like you know that could be a conversation not just like how women are taking over but the stuff that people don't even think about I love that they were just all the layers were put out there and I just yeah yeah I loved it Rob Beer says Ursa Major, the Russian mutant, got his arm broken by Red Guardian at the table. I didn't realize that's who that was. Um, Ursa Major is a character that turns into a giant bear. Um, So I didn't realize that who... And Drew said, damn! What are we we damning? Uh, Probably um, Melina in that smoking (laughs) cat suit. I mean, it was, just pick one. Just. I really appreciated her quip about the posing. Oh my god! Why do you do that thing? You know, it came out of nowhere. Like you could tell they were already bantering. Speaking of which, oh my god! Yeah, Yeah. great moments. Great moments. So, so, um, here's my question, though. So we know that this movie took place. After Civil War, 
between Civil War and Infinity War. And what happened to all of these black widows who flew off with Yelena? Where were they in the final battle of Endgame? Mm. I want to know where they've been and what they've been doing. That could be a setup for some kind of series. Yeah. That's a loose, that's one of those empty spaces where future Disney Plus shows get created, right? You know, all of a sudden it's, oh yeah, I forgot they left on that plane. That becomes the aha of, oh, that show that they're doing called Willows. You know? So, who knows? But, it's a it's a, another round in the chamber for a future success. One of the things that I really about, loved about this is we saw Black Widow's origin on TV previously with the Agent Carter mm-hmm. series. Mm-hmm. And what mm-hmm. I loved about this movie was there was nothing in this movie that contradicted what we saw about the Red Room program in Agent Carter. And that really made me happy in my heart. Yeah. 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 Nothing to resolve. Yeah, and the same cannot be said of Agents of Shield. But mm-hmm. now we know that there's multiverses and that's where they've existed and that's where the runaways have existed. That's where the Netflix shows have existed. All of a sudden everything has a home. Yep. Yep. I like that. It's a great <laughs> way to explain it all. Away, and it's a great way to be compatible with what you've got in the in the can. You know, it's uh, it's an opportunity to invite people to consume the whole body, but not just for commercialism, because now it's all a big story. Now, so are you guys ready for this? Fries are done. <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll let you go eat your fries here in a minute. Got a um, there's a ding, like somebody dinged. Oh, I don't think that was me. It was me. Oh. So, <laughs> so, Melissa, I think this is going to excite you, just based on this conversation. Uh-oh. So we know that Haley Atwell is returning as Peggy Carter in the What If animated series. However, the rumor has been floating with some new concept art this week that she will be appearing as that same Captain Britain character in the multiverse of madness, that would be rad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw the what ifs, and I'm like, I'm in. I'm in for all things Peggy to start with. <laughs> <sighs> now that's a series. They ended season two with this major cliffhanger, and because NBC or ABC TV couldn't figure out how to account for on-demand viewership through you know, streaming services canceled it because they didn't believe anyone was watching it. Yeah. When we know in our circle, everyone was talking about it every day, but uh, anyway. But that goes back to like what you were saying. When you have the ABCs of the world, do they listen to those? Oh, well, you can't have a female leader. They do. Like drop it. A lot of times, um, depending on, you know, who they are. Yeah. That'll, that'll come through. Yeah. ABC, Flash Disney, they're still gonna be a little bit careful. Well, I mean, and, not that and they should care, but you know, not that they don't have a ton of princesses. 
The, the, <laughs> the only reason Kevin Feige was able to get Black Widow greenlit was because he was able to get Captain Marvel greenlit right. because he had established a proven track record for himself. Yeah. And without Captain Marvel being a billion dollar movie, we would not have gotten Black Widow. Yeah. Because the minute and and the reason Captain Marvel was first because she was expendable. They could yeah. take a risk on that movie tanking. And it wouldn't affect anything. But if Black Widow was the first one out of the gate and it tanked, mm. that would yeah. have been rough. Yeah, good point. Well, Oh, and Rob Beer says, we'll and the crappy it. Punisher of the 80s and uh, is now a variant in David uh, Hasselhoff's uh, uh, Nick Fury can be canon. Yes! Yeah, there you go. Oh, my yeah. gosh. All right, guys. Well, we have gone over an hour. Um, probably time to call it a night. Um, any last comments? I want to thank everyone who has been watching, and um, thanks for tuning in on this special edition of Wednesday Night Live. If you like the show, if you like what we're producing on Back of the Cereal Box, uh, do us a favor and uh, buy us a bowl of cereal. At buy a me bowl a of coffee. cereal, not soup. <laughs> at buymeacoffee.com slash cereal box pod. Um, whatever you want to contribute, that helps us produce great content and up the ante and get to our ultimate goals of global domination. <laughs> and uh, so that's it. That's it for us, guys. Um, hope you guys enjoyed the show. Uh, you can catch us n live next at Superman Celebration in Metropolis, Illinois, July 30th through August 1st. I'll be there. D. Barty will be there. Crayley from Phoenix Sisters Cosplay will be there. And Melissa, will you make a drive down to Metropolis, Melissa Illinois? Melissa is taking the end of next week off. And it is to be determined based on... Me, how I can convince my son. It is looking likely, though. <laughs> Don't I'm you, so evil glare at me. So excited. <laughs> that will be so exciting. Um, and Lucas, look, it's what only a five hour drive down from Grand I Rapids. Mean, Come it, on, man. I mean, it's free. That, I've got a room. You can stay with me. When it happens next year, I'll have a car again and uh, we'll, uh, we'll plan it. Likely story. <laughs> all right. All right. All right, guys and gals, that is it for this evening. Thank you so much to everyone who joined us, everyone who commented. Uh, continue to post your comments. Continue to share this video with two, 300 of your closest friends and family. Tell them to come share the fun. And until the next time, love you, mean it. We'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you, friends and foes, for joining us. This show is part of the Back of the Cereal Box podcast network. We are on YouTube and Facebook with our live stream videos. You can check it out on Saturday mornings, Wednesday mornings, Sunday nights. Join in the conversation and interact with us. You can listen to the audio podcast where we talk about movies and comics 
every week here on your favorite podcast app. But we want you to interact with us. We want to hear from you, and you can do that either by sending us a voice message or by joining our Facebook group, Back of the Cereal Box Virtual Rec Room, and let us know what you think. Become a part of the discussion. We would love to hear from you. You can also drop us a tip in the digital tip jar, buymeacoffee.com slash pod. You can drop a tip in the digital tip jar, and you can specify whatever dollar amount you want. It's a one-time contribution. You don't have to do a monthly ongoing commitment, and you can even specify what that tip should be used for or who it should go to, and we want to encourage you to do that. Now, on to the show.